Welcome to the Sports and Torts podcast and its presentation of college football's last call. This podcast is powered by the J. Stein Law Firm, a personal injury law firm in Atlanta, Georgia. And now, the boys bring you their thoughts on this week in college football. What's up, everybody? Well, boys, by my unofficial count, we have done this podcast weekly for the last two years, um, probably 28 29 episodes of Last Call, and only one time, only one of those episodes did it come after a Georgia loss, which of course was in the 2021 SEC game versus the same damn Alabama Crimson Tide. But still, we were we knew we were going to the playoffs, so we really didn't care, didn't matter that much. But uh, guys, this is our first episode after two years of doing this, of a real just kicking the pants weekend, man. Like, it's just, just not very fun, but you know what? We're here. Um it's funny, I had a bunch of texts the last few days since Saturday. You know, what's the mood of us going to be on this podcast this week? Are we going to hop on and just cry and bitch and whine about refs and injuries, things like that? I'd suffer and say, are y'all even going to still do the podcast or just, just pack it in? Well, let's answer those questions really quick. I think that all of us are in fairly reasonably good headspaces. Uh, and hell yeah, we're answering the bell. We're coming to this podcast tonight. Just like Kirby. We are going back to work and going to just keep chopping wood, right? So, um, look, where are you guys at? Where are your headspaces uh, at? You know, the back-to-back to Beck dreams have disappeared. Lawrence, glad you didn't shell out the money for the trademark or copyright. But, uh, look, all good, man. How are y'all? Hey, good evening, Josh. Yeah, th- so the first time in two years we've had to show up here with, with a loss. But um, we have been on a remarkable run, 29 straight two national championships, an SEC championship. And yes, we lost. We played like crap. We didn't make plays we needed to. Uh, we fumbled. We missed a field goal. We were plagued by injuries. We didn't get any assistance from the Zebras. All the all the things, they all came together to come home to roost at the same time this past Saturday night. But I, for one, am proud to be a Georgia Bulldog. I'm proud of the run that we had. Uh, and like Kirby said, when we lost to Alabama in 2018, in the 2018 national championship, we aren't going anywhere. Kirby has built a program to last. And, uh, I would imagine as we wrap up this year and head into the 2024 12 team playoff season, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs will be back on top, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. The sun still rose today. Uh, yeah, I handle it. Fortunately, we don't have too many losses. I handle these a lot better than I did 10 years ago when we did have a lot more losses. Uh, as Lawrence said, grateful for, for the run that we've had. We knew that this was going to happen. We didn't know when. I've gone through the seven stages of grief a few times. I'm on like 27 or 28th stage right now. I'm not quite sure where I am today. Uh, I too got a lot of texts and they all annoyed the shit out of me. I know people were trying to be, it wasn't necessarily about the show, but more about from friends around the country about the dogs and, um, you know, they're, they're tough to answer. Uh, but, but we knew this day was going to come eventually. Uh, I'm pissed that it came in this game against Alabama because I do think Georgia wins that game four out of five times. I think we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, I'm a little, um, I don't know, called depressed that the season's effectively over. Uh, yeah, we're going to play Florida State in the Orange Bowl, and that's great. But, it, you know, you just don't have the hype that we had. We're not making plans right now. We're not looking at Airbnbs or, or hotels, you know, in, in different cities. So uh, on the bright side, my wallet is about $5,000 heavier today uh, than it would be had we won. 
So a couple things. Uh, number one, we watched you go through each of those seven stages of grief yesterday, like several different times. Um, Saturday night, late night, we're talking like, oh, whatever it happens. Sunday morning, me and you spoke. We had a whole other thing. And this day went on. You got a little more crankier. You got a little more pissed off. You started thinking more about the, the playoff committee and this best team versus most deserving team. And then you all worked up last night. Today, you're kind of in a better spot. So I've watched you go through all these seven stages multiple times. Yeah, part of that was coincided with the amount of alcohol I was drinking yesterday. I had a couple of, of started, normally Sunday brunch, I don't have bourbon at. Uh, yesterday, there were a few bourbons at that Sunday brunch. Lawrence, talk to us. I mean, you, you, you feel pretty good, right? I mean, all things considered. I mean, listen, uh, do I wish we were making plans to go to New Orleans and potentially Houston? Yes. Do I wish that we were trying to figure out how to get Sean Traub to a destination without being on the same airplane as us? Yes. Am I mad to see Alabama somehow find a way into the, the final four? Yes. But you know what? We will survive, boys. We will get through it. Um, listen, we had some guys show up on Saturday night that probably wouldn't have played if it weren't a championship game. Ladd McConkey, Brock Bauer, Smile Munden, Tate Ratledge, all these guys showed up. They're warriors. They should be inspirations to all the kids out there that that just give it all and lay it all on the line. Um, I'm proud of these kids. I'm proud of what we did. I'm proud of what we've done. I'm proud of who we are as a program. And I'm excited for the dogs that go down to Miami and kick Florida State's ass um, and shut them up too, even though I do feel bad for them. So the three of us got together at your house, Lawrence, for the first half. Jason, you had something to do uh, Saturday night. I did as well. But we were together for the first half. And after that first drive, we were freaking celebrating, dancing, booking, you know, ready to book hotel. We got hotels, but, but book flights. And then the script just changed on us. It was, Lawrence, you said it. Is Saban doing the rope-a-dope against us? Um, it almost felt like that. I mean, I don't know what happened. I know Mims got hurt. Um, I don't know enough about football to know if Saban changed their schemes or did something differently or Bobo just got too conservative. But um, it sure did feel like that game was what we were doing to other teams throughout the year. Yeah, it did seem like on the offensive side, that, that first possession was great. Marched down the field, I think it was 83 yards, and it, it we went through them like uh, like a butter knife through uh, through melted butter, however that stupid expression goes. A hot knife through butter, Jason. Life through butter. Um, Lawrence, I'm playing injured today, okay? Um, and yeah, we won, as Josh, you pointed out, I think we won the first 12 plays of the game. Um, Bama goes three and out. We go down, score. Bama goes three and out. I'm like, this thing could get ugly early. Um, and then it seemed, again, I, I, I haven't rewatched this game, nor will I, but it did <laughs> seem like um, we got very conservative in the play calling. Uh, we went away from a lot of the things that we did. Uh, one of the things I did notice is, look, Alabama was getting pressure. Um, Alabama dominated us in, in, in the trenches in that game, both sides of the ball. And they were getting pressure uh, with with four defenders, just the defensive line. They didn't have to bring blitzes. And I think they were able to you know, have seven people back there. And I, I, honestly, I think it was tough for our receivers to get open. So maybe that's why we were really trying to establish the run. We weren't doing a very good job of it. Some of the play calling were suspect. I don't really like to get into that because, again, I, I don't know if it's a play call. I don't know if Beck checks out of it. I don't know what they're thinking. What I do know is Mike Bobo is in Little Rock tonight at the Broyles uh, finalist award. So the rest of the country thinks the guy's done a pretty good job over the season. I will say definitely looked different uh, from what we'd seen in the previous 12 games. 
I mean, we had a couple guys operating at 50%, uh, as I already mentioned. Amarius Mims going out. And even though he missed a few games with the high ankle sprain and we seemed to really not miss a beat and rotating a bunch of guys and the, the strength of our team felt like the, it was the offensive line, um, they got dominated by the Bama defensive line all night long. I agree with you, Gans. I think we were over, overly reliant. And maybe, yeah, maybe Bama long conned us because we saw them get gashed by Auburn the week before. And we ran the ball like crazy against Georgia Tech. So we tried to do the same thing. Uh, we weren't successful. Um, Beck, you know, had one deep bomb to Arian Smith, which I think was our longest play um, in those that kind of intermediate passing game, which has been our bread and butter all year, just wasn't there. Um, you know, Dom Lovett had what? I haven't, again, I haven't even looked at the stats yet. I'm not going to rewatch it. I'm not looking at the stats, but I think Dom Lovett had what? Two catches. Um, we just, we, we weren't making plays when we needed to, we did get a little conservative and quite frankly, this whole, the whole game changes if we score on our second possession and we don't go three and out. Right. So we had the, the little screen pass to Brock for a loss. Um, and then we, and then we, we couldn't get anything going on. And then there was a questionable non-pass interference call, which would have kept the chains moving. We go down and score, make it 14, nothing. It's a whole different ball game, but we just couldn't, we couldn't capitalize when we had the opportunity. I'll, I'll go one more, one more for you on that one. I mean, I think it really changed, um, 10, seven when we're driving and then we go backwards three straight plays and then the false start, which way well, he just lifted his ass up. I mean, I, I thought it was kind of ticky tacky, but that put that puts us back five more yards. And you know, we missed the field goal by inches. If we're from the 45 or for 45 yard kick, we make that 10-10 different deal. That play, and then of course the fourth down patch, non-catch again. I don't know, but I do know that you know, we have all this great technology at our disposal now to review these things. There are eight zillion cameras around. Um, Kirby can't throw a challenge flag. So I think it's on the ref's job to at least look at that. Got those two, and then the turnover deep in our territory that led to a easy three for Bama, which good on the defense for holding it, holding them just yeah. a three. But those are the three plays. I mean, Bama won those three plays, um, and that's the difference in the game, in my opinion. Yeah, listen, I think our defense played played great, all things considered. Uh, Dalen Everett, who gets picked on, he was guarding uh, Isaiah Bond on that fourth down, fourth and four incomplete pass. It was complete. It was the play uh, the play of the game. Uh, and then he got beat by Jermaine Burton for that touchdown in the end zone. But other than that, um, I thought the secondary played great. I think we didn't start to pressure Milrow enough early on. We kind of waited towards the end of the game. Uh, we were running those two spies with the linebackers, and maybe if we got a little bit more aggressive. But ultimately, I thought the defense played well. Like If you go and, and look at like the, the advanced statistics with uh, our buddy Jam Coffee. Uh, Bama only had 306 yards. They were three of 13 on third down. We averaged more yards per play than them. And if you go just look at the stats – you know, you would have think Georgia won the game, but you're right, Josh. So it came down to those three plays. We didn't win those, and we lose by a field goal. Right. So we, again, as I said before, we win that game four out of five times. Hypothetical ifs and buts, wish in one hand, poop in the other, to fill some first. Um, but yeah, missing that field goal, uh, five yards closer, that thing's good, right? Turning the ball over on the nine, uh, they kick a field goal, that's six points, that's your ball game right there. We did not play great, and uh, and you know that that's how close it was um again don't love the the hypotheticals but that those are just the facts um you know at, at times we looked inspired obviously on that first drive after anthony evans punt return we we looked inspired it it didn't seem like they were playing like that uh the whole game i will say this and, and we haven't said it yet but Jalen milro played absolutely fantastic he played lights out he's not a quarterback 
Uh, and I, I will argue with anyone on that. He's just, he's probably the best athlete on the field. Um, and, and he got it done when he needed to get it done. So kudos to him. The, uh, the little, uh, fake pitch QB sneak that they ran to get that last first down was a great play call. Uh, ran against us. What's that? That was what tech ran against us. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, you know, I also think, you know, we're bearing the lead a little bit that, uh, as much as we, uh, give Kirby all the kudos and, and, and Kirby is a fantastic coach, the best in the business. Uh, he got schooled a little bit by his uh, mentor in this game with some of the, the back and forth with the timeouts and things like that. So, hey, credit to Saban. There's a reason he's the GOAT. It kills me to say it, but uh, he got the best of Kirby on Saturday night. Yeah. Was, Go ahead, Josh. I was just saying, it was it was interesting watching Milrow. Um, we've talked about him a ton seen his highlights, but to watch him play every single down against, you know, your, your team, you look at it a little differently. And I swear that first, like what half quarter, a quarter, we're like, is this guy for real? I mean, his, his passes were nowhere close. We had that spy keeping him contained. And then man, all of a sudden, I don't know if he got comfortable or what, but then our comments changed. Like this dude's throwing lasers. He's throwing dimes. He's running. I was super duper impressed. Yeah. He, he played again. He played the best that he could play. Um, I'll take number 15 over him all day of the week, any day of the week. Um, but but he, he balled out when he had to. The thing that bothers me probably the most about this is, look, the last time we played Alabama, we beat them in the national championship. You go and you beat them, you know, besides obviously the playoff implications, you beat them in Mercedes-Benz where we've never, or in Atlanta where we've never beaten them or, or certainly not in my lifetime. You kind of exercise that demon and, and maybe get the monkey off your back. And, and maybe it's not as big of a mind fuck to everyone, fans, players, coaches. Um, and now that's still there, right? The demon's still there. And, and the next time that we line up, you know, Mercedes Benz, hopefully next year, you know, potentially against them, right? Can we do it then? I don't know. We'll get him in Tuscaloosa first next year. We will. So. The last Jason injury report of the year, I, I do think it's worth mentioning that, you know, we thought that Kirby was being a little coy in the last couple of weeks with holding out Brock, holding out Ladd. We, you know, surmise reasons why. I think those dudes were hurt, guys. I, I think they absolutely were hurt. <laughs> they didn't play against Tech because they couldn't, and they were not 100% um, against Alabama. I mean, at the end of that half, Ladd could barely walk. I am just amazed that he came back in the second half and was effective. So, um, you know, Rara didn't play at all. So the Jason injury report was not very good for the dogs. Look, Alabama had injuries too. I mean, McClellan was out. They had other people out. So um, everybody deals with that. Pop, Pop not being there, I think, really ended up hurting us. Um, on that wheel route, that was uh, one of the freshman linebackers that just was not in the right place. Um, but again, everybody deals with it. Everybody else about officiating. You're not going to hear Kirby say one word. That is an excuse, and neither will we. Now, one thing that we haven't mentioned also, and I think we'd be remiss not to mention this, how freaking good is Jalen Walker? That guy's a stud. I mean, he's going to be exciting to watch next year. He he was by far our best defensive player. He was just all over the place. I'm really excited to see him play next year. You know, else is yeah, pretty Jay good. Caleb Downs for Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. J Jalen Walker, Warren Brinson, uh, Christian Miller are going to be a beast next year. Uh, on top of our secondary, I'm not sure the status of uh, if Lassiter is gone or not. I don't know if uh, is Bullard is he a sophomore? Bullard, no. Bullard is draft eligible and fifty fifty. But dude, you've seen Lasser plays. I mean, hopefully he plays in the Orange Bowl, but he's gone. He'll, he'll be a potentially a first round draft pick. Well, and Bullard, it's not, like, 
it sounds like we should say this too. So today we're, we're recording Monday night and Brock Vandergriff made his intentions known that he is entering the portal. Logic would tell you that it seems like Carson Beck would be coming back. So I think that's good news. Anything could happen, but why would Vandergriff leave? Why would he put his name in today? Um, you know, if, if he thought Beck was leaving. Everybody's got a guy, right? Everybody knows somebody. I heard from somebody, heard from somebody that they made the numbers work with Beck and that he's coming back, and I hope that he does, but we will see. Bullard sent out a, a tweet yesterday that made people think that he was going to be gone, so who knows. Yeah. Um, all right, so we started immediately after the Florida State game uh, discussing and debating what the playoff four is going to look like. I think that all of us kind of knew in our heart of hearts it was not going to include Georgia. Um, Should have, but it didn't. Um, Lawrence, I think you ended up nailing the four. I think that we went back and forth for, you know, the better part of Sunday morning. And your final answer, I don't know if you got the order right. Did you get the order right, but you got the four right. Um, I got the four right and the order right. Yep. And the order right. Um, I I did not. Um, I thought that Texas was going to be the one that got hosed. You know, I've been saying for weeks that you can't take Alabama over Texas, but I just thought at the end of the day they could not leave out an unbeaten ACC champ, but I don't know. Um, Gans, you sent out an article just now. I've not read it yet. Um, some behind the scenes stuff. So whoever wants to start off, we've got tons to say about how this all went down. Yeah. So look, someone someone was getting left out regardless. I agree with you, Josh. I thought Texas was going to be the one left holding the bag or uh, we could do what is it? The musical chairs analogy. Uh, I thought they'd be the one without a seat. Obviously, that was not correct. Um, I, my problem with the the playoff committee is there's literally no rhyme or reason to what they did, right? We, we've debated this. We've talked about this. Is it most deserving or is it the best four teams? If it's the most deserving, you can't leave Florida State out. A 13-0, Power 5, conference champion. They did everything that they had to do. Not their fault that Jordan Travis broke his leg. Um, if it's best, yeah. I'll argue with anybody. You can't tell me Georgia's not one of the four best teams, right? So which is it? And and what they seem to keep saying is it's best. Uh, and that's why they didn't think Florida State would have a chance against any of those other teams. They are probably right about that. But then you're forgetting the Georgia side of the equation. Georgia would be favored against all four of the teams in the college football playoff uh, today. If they played today, we would be favored against all four of them, including Alabama, who just beat us by three points. So no logic there. Um, the In that article, it's, it's on ESPN's uh, front page. It, it, twice they mentioned we picked the best four teams. That is a bunch of bullshit. I'll leave it at that. I started to see some stuff flying around yesterday morning that said that it had the list of the criteria that the committee uses. And then I saw something that I had never seen before. And maybe it was because I wasn't paying attention or maybe it's because it was new, but it said also they have the determination to omit a team because a key player or coach is no longer playing or part of the team or whatever the case may be. Um, and that's how they kind of justified leaving Florida state out. Um, the reason that I got to my final answer is about like 1202. I was sitting in the car and I was, uh, I was watching uh, the beginning of the, of the uh, announcement show and they bring Herbie on, and behind Herbie, they had the four helmets. They had Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama, and below that was Florida State. And I go, these assholes just leaked it before they announced it. Uh, and that's why I sent my that's why I sent my prediction out there. I think Florida State got royally, royally hosed. Uh, at the end of the day, the committee realizes they needed to put Bama in because Bama beat Georgia. They realized they couldn't if they put Bama in. They had to take Texas, and so they made a decision. Um, that's ever been made before and to leave a, a undefeated power five team out. Um, I mean, listen, we've seen 
teams come in with backup quarterbacks and win the whole thing. Ohio State did it with a third stringer. Uh, Stetson Bennett was not the starter at the beginning of the season. Georgia did it. It happens. I mean, you got to let these guys have a chance to go out there after going 13-0. But then who do you leave out? Someone's getting left out. And if it's if it's best, I mean, I don't think anybody will make an argument. Florida State is not one of the best four teams. Uh, even with Jordan Travis, they're not. Look at all the hypothetical lines. It would be Michigan would be a 12-point favorite. Alabama is a 12-point favorite. Texas is a 10-point favorite. And, and uh, Washington was like a six-point favorite. If you're taking the four best teams, Washington should. If you're only one power five, Conference champion out. Fuck it. Leave two out too. Leave Washington out. Put Georgia in. And now you got Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, and Texas, who are probably the four best teams in college football. Well, that's what I was saying. If you're going to leave Florida State out, you got to kick Washington out and, and bring Georgia into the fold. Um, I mean, yes. Yeah, so it's it's most deserving or best. They did a mismatch, put it all together, and you get your poo poo platter. Uh, something that, quite frankly, I'm not overly excited to watch. No, you said it best. It's like either do most deserving or do best. They didn't either. They take right. half and half because Alabama and and um, Texas were tied together. They were packed. They took t- they took TV ratings is what they did. They took yeah. TV oh. ratings. They wanted Bama. They wanted Saban, and they had to make it happen. Okay, here's my prediction: um, is uh, Bama, even though they're a two and a half point underdog, beats Michigan. And and by the way, if Michigan doesn't win the national championship this year, can we just be done with them? They they keep putting them in. They keep getting their ass kicked in the semifinals. Like let's just be done with these guys. They're losers. They got a loser coach. Be done with them. But uh, Alabama is going to beat Michigan. Texas is going to boat race Washington. You're going to have a Texas Bama rematch in Houston. Um, which the prices of t- Bama doesn't really travel anymore. Part of it's fatigue. Part of it's just whatever. I'm not going to go into the socioeconomic uh, uh, background of the state, but they don't travel like, uh, you know, if it's at Texas, I mean, the price of those tickets, it's going to be like when Georgia played Alabama in 2017, in the national championship. But I am going to enjoy it when Bama, I will root for Bama in that game. And I'll tell you why. Uh, I don't need another team, you know, cracking into that upper echelon of, of elite, you know, uh, particularly one that's coming to the SEC and we have to play next year. So let Bama just have it. Maybe there's that side chance Saban will retire. And it'll be fun to watch uh, uh, the Longhorns lose on their home turf. That, that, that's a fair take. So you mentioning that the ticket prices, that was another fun part of yesterday was all of us saying what we're going to do with the saved money. You yeah. know, you know everybody, everybody, everybody made 5,000 bucks yesterday. Uh, yeah. And we, we all had 5,000 bucks to spend. People going to Vegas, people going to Arizona, people buying golf clubs. It was a really funny running sub part of yesterday. Um, social media was absolutely on fire yesterday. Uh, but my favorite tweet of, of all of them, I think it was our guy, John Tweet Sports. Remember that, you know that guy? Oh, yeah. Top on Corey. Yeah. Yeah. He, he said that apparently getting blown out at home by the number three ranked team is a better loss than losing by three on a neutral site to the fourth ranked team, which can explain why Alabama so easily got in over Georgia. Then you get Jam Coffee with his transitive property. If this team beats that team and that team beat that team, then you do. It's, it's just a mess. And, and it makes me um, excited for 12 teams next year because there's 100% chance this never happens again. Because 11, 12, 13, 14, 10, those teams will not have a leg to stand on if they get, you know, if they get the ones that are left out. This will be the last year ever someone like Florida State or Georgia has a legitimate gripe to not be in the playoffs. And no one's going to give a shit, honestly, unless, except for that, like the 13 team gets left out. You know, there's controversy there. It's like, well, whatever. You had three losses or you had two losses. You know, you should have. Um, that being said, and I won't go down too big of a rabbit hole. I, and I've said this to you guys, 
I don't like the 12 team playoff. I think eight is probably the right number. I think 12, you're getting a watered down product and you're going to get three lost teams in there at, with, with 12, I, w- I would assume. Um, but whatever, um, you know, nobody listens to me. I, mean, I like this really insurance for Georgia. You know, I mean, let's say we slip up two times and maybe a third, like, let's just get more insurance. Yeah. It would be really fun to be preparing for a home playoff game in Athens against somebody like Penn State in the next two weeks. I mean, I think that would be pretty freaking awesome. What's the date of that going to be? Like, would it be mid-December? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be like two weeks in, because then the second round would be a location of one of the traditional bowl games, like Cotton Bowl, Peach Bowl, whatever. Um, so they probably get a week off Army Navy week, uh, the Army Navy next week, and then the playoff games would start after that. But Josh, also one of the memes that that I I saw and I kind of laughed, even though it was painful to see, was the Bizarro Spider Man pointing at each other, with one being the 2023 Braves and the other being the 2023 Dogs. Uh, as depressing as it was, it uh, it was it rang true yesterday. Well, look, we 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 got 2021. We knew we had to pay the price for that at some point in time, and the price came this fall. And it's okay; they still can't take that away from us. Uh, we we quickly figured out that Georgia was going to be going down the Orange Bowl, playing FSU, which I have heard is now being dubbed the Angry Bowl between <laughs> FSU and Georgia. So, um, you know, I, look, these bowl games have become in the last couple of years a sideshow. Um, we haven't really experienced it because we've been playing in playoff games, but. Um, I think y'all have convinced me that that Kirby only has one speed and his team only has one speed and that these guys, you know, Milton already said he's going to be playing and y'all feel pretty convinced that Bauer's going to be playing. So maybe this is still going to be something worth watching. We should we should absolutely smoke Florida State, assuming half the team doesn't opt out. But yeah, I'd be shocked if if Brock doesn't play assuming you know he's healthy and there's there's no more setbacks maybe a little bit different for lad because he just seemed really banged up kind of all season long uh but yeah i agree the the, the important thing is with this is you get i think it's 15 bowl practices and you really get a lot of time now without the pressure of being in the playoffs i think you'll see some of the younger guys play significantly more minutes in this game uh and really get an identity of what our 2024 team is going to look like. It's going to look a lot different than uh, the 2023 team. I mean, yeah, we already had like six or seven guys put their name in the role. Some of the guys don't get a lot of playing time. Uh, the 15 extra practices are a bonus. Um, you know, I, it would not surprise me if Brock sat out the Orange Bowl. Again, I think just really be specific to the injury more than anything. He wouldn't do it for draft status. He'd right. do it because his ankles are still isn't 100%. And, you know, at the end of the day, outside of the playoffs, these bowl games are glorified scrimmages. And, you know, Kirby, Kirby learned his lesson after we had a no-show against Texas in the Sugar Bowl, however many years ago that was that uh, he had a mindset that he says, you're either in or you're out. So, and if you're out, you're not even traveling with the team. I think it was a year like DeAndre Baker, if you remember, was well, causing all kinds of ruckus in New Orleans. And and Kirby's like, if you're going to come play, you're going to play. If you're out, you're out. Um, and so I do think we'll show up. I think Florida State's going to show up because they have something to prove. They want to have a stake to the claim of a, of a split national championship if somehow they can beat the team that was number one all year long. So um, we're going to bow our necks. We're going to go down there. We're going to kick their ass. So my buddy Justin True, who's a big Floor State fan, I saw him yesterday. He was hot, boy. I mean, he is as even killed as they come, and he was fucking hot. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him one bit. Uh, he told me that Florida State had officially applied for a split national championship. I don't know what that means. Or if you officially applied to, huh? Who do you officially apply to? 
I don't it's know. It's like I'll, Michael Scott declaring bankruptcy. Yeah, I declare bankruptcy. You just Dude, walk out, just walk outside and yell. He needs to call UCF and ask them how you do it. He he was in no mood for me to examine him on the details of this application. Oh. Nor was I going to. Having yeah. said, uh, that's what he's saying they did. And I tell you, their AD and their president really laid some pretty good statements out. I mean, you can't really disagree with what they have said. Um, you know, reading about the ACC's involvement with the committee and, you know, how the ACC kind of screwed themselves with decisions they made about this year kind of makes me laugh a little bit. But I feel bad for Jordan Travis. I mean, his um, his tweet about, hey, I wish I would have broken my leg earlier in the season so y'all could have seen that my teammates could still do well without me. I mean, just just breaks your heart. I mean, I guess somebody's always left out, but not yeah. the first time we're talking about just slash Jordan Travis. You broke your leg in week four. You guys would have been 13 and 0. Sorry. Exactly. And listen, I do feel bad for them, and I totally understand why your buddy was so hot because I can only imagine if I was that scenario. Um, that being said, they're not one of the top four teams, and they would get their ass kicked. So, it, you know, it is what it is. I understand why they're upset. They have a legitimate gripe, but the fact of the matter is they barely beat a shitty Louisville team. They barely beat a shitty Florida team. Um, you know, with without Jordan Travis, this team is totally different. And Lawrence, you're exactly right. They would have gone 10 and 2. They barely beat Clemson at Clemson. They barely beat Boston College at Boston College. It, it's their their best win was against LSU the first week of the season. The last thing I'm gonna say about this is whoever would have thought that when we're sitting there fourth and 31, you know, with the game about to be lost to uh to Auburn, that making that play was gonna upend and change dramatically how all this played out college football yeah, they should be pissed at they should be pissed at uh, exactly. brian freeze that's what we said harson freeze um and the the two-man rushes who really is the cause of all this crap well fourth and 31 doesn't get converted we lose we actually get in as the three seed florida state's the four seed uh and none of this happens yeah, and if Texas doesn't beat Alabama, that you know, it's just it's wild. I mean, it's, oh, you know, they don't play. Or if they don't play, we'd still be out. I don't think so. How, what do you do with Texas? Um, well, they we would be in. It would be between Texas and Florida State, and Texas would be out because you didn't have to bring Bama with them. That's what Lawrence means. Is that Texas got in because they couldn't leave Alabama out? I don't you know. If, 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 no, no way. Texas goes in over us because they're a conference champion and we just lost. Texas would have gone in in that scenario and Florida State probably would have gone in. It would have been up down to Florida State, Georgia. And then, I mean, you know, that, that's what they would have taken Georgia because we're, we're more eyeballs because they would have screwed Florida State that way too. Yeah, Maybe. That's the analysis we'll see. So it's, uh, it is transfer portal season and my God, it is flying fast and furious. If for, no, if for nothing else, it's just super interesting to follow and see who's going where. Um, I don't know where it's all going to end up. I know a lot of dominoes fell today, but anything particularly I want to speak of on that? Uh, Coach Prime's fiance entered the transfer portal. Is she gone? Yeah, I saw that. I think Georgia's going to be in the market for uh, defensive linemen, uh, particularly interior defensive linemen, um, maybe a receiver or two. There, there are some names in there. I, I got the kid from Vandy, Jordan or uh, London Humphreys uh, is a rumor to come to us. Uh, I imagine Walter Nolan is somebody will be in the market for. Um, I'll be really interested to see where Vandergriff ends up. I saw some stuff today on Twitter that Kentucky is a possible landing spot for him. And outside of that, like the guys from Georgia that put their name in the portal, I don't, I mean, those guys aren't going to get meaningful snaps in Athens. So 
Um, we'll see what happens with the portal post bowl game um, and post spring practice. The rumor that I've been reading today is that Justice Haynes, uh, Veron Haynes' kid who's out of Alabama, is looking at coming over to the good guys. That would make sense. You mentioned interior linemen. You know, we got exposed on Saturday for, for not having, uh, you know, uh, Jordan Davis and, um, oh, God, 88. Jenna Carter. Yeah, thank Jenna Carter. Uh, they're just, you know, you can't replace those guys every year. I mean, yeah, we were saying the announcers were like, they're running right to the middle. It's like, well, you can't, you can't just bring new guys in every year like that. But hopefully we do find somebody in the portal. Um, I added something on the, uh, on our, on our sheet here that I was did not include earlier today because I just read it. So I'll see if you guys have seen it yet. The first team all SEC, second team all SEC came out. Have y'all checked that out yet? I have, I have, not, have seen, not seen it, but I saw oh, the hired invites. Very fun. Okay. Well then, um, who do y'all think or who would be your selections for Georgia Bulldogs who made the first team all SEC? All right. Well, Bowers. Brock, yes. Uh, Cedric Brock. Van Pran. Yes. Uh, Malachi Starks. Yes. Uh, Tyke Smith. No. No. Uh, Bullard. Uh, no. Kamari Lasseter. No. Um, There's one more. Tate Ratledge. Yes. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. Now, there was two that made the second team. Uh, You've already mentioned one name. Uh, Bullard. Lasseter. Bullard. Bullard. Yep. And uh, uh, that's a tough Carson, one. Was Carson Beck second team? No. Uh, oh, oh. Uh, Brett Thorson? No, that's a good one. <laughs> Wait, Peyton Woodring. No, no, uh, no. I was Nazir Stockhouse. Kind of surprised. Um, he dude, got that for the fat guy touchdown that got called back. Please give your uh, punter statistic that we did not mention all year for fear of breaking up a no-hitter. This is amazing. Not one return yard against Georgia's punting all year, which is absolutely insane. There was not one return yard allowed. Impossible. And I, yeah. I didn't know, you know, if y'all don't tell me these things, I don't, I don't hear about them, and y'all are too afraid to break up a no-hitter. I was not talking during the no hitter, Josh. It wasn't going to happen. Uh, but did you see the uh, the final four for Heisman to show up in New York that came out today too? Yeah, yeah. Phoenix, was- Bo Picks, Marvin Harrison Jr. and and uh, Jaden Daniels. That's yeah. right. So Marvin Harrison, I think Marvin Harrison is the only one that I predicted correctly at the beginning of the season. Yeah, I, I totally whiffed on that one. Was um, no, I'm, no, I think I had Phoenix in mind. Um, was. Um, you always have Phoenix in yours, Gans. <laughs> well played. I'm assuming Jaden Daniels was first team All SEC uh, quarterback. Don't tell me Milrow was second team. Yes, he was. Uh, hold on, real quick. I can pull that up. Um, let's see. Well, as y'all are talking on something else, I'll pull it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed that Thorson didn't didn't make. Um, that. I'll look it up while we Lawrence. You, you we we gave you the six pack to try to get back to even for your soccer bets. Yep. I did not. I mean, I know you picked Alabama. Shame on you. So I know you won that one. I know you lost Friday night because I was with you watching, you know, your Oregon Ducks to true sucker, not land. But how'd the rest of it go? Uh, well, I really, really, really tried to use my powers for good and not evil this weekend. It's, I tried to pick Alabama to mush them. Uh, it didn't happen. 
but I had Oregon, which was a loss. I had uh, Bama, which covered. I had uh, Iowa, which did not cover. I had Texas, which covered. I had SMU that did not cover. And then there was one more that I had that covered. So uh, I ended up three and three for my six pack, which put me at nine and 11 on the season. Not great. Uh, not terrible. Uh, we're, you know, we're not getting our knees broke, kneecaps broken by the bookies uh, in a nine and 11 season. Um, and I haven't really looked at the uh, at the lines yet for the bowl games. And as you guys know, bowl games are hard to predict because you don't know who's going to play, who's not going to play. Uh, but the one line that did jump out at me was Alabama plus two. Um, I feel like the whole world's going to be on Alabama. Uh, even Michigan, when they announced they were going to be playing Alabama, the entire ballroom where they're watching the selection show, they collectively shat themselves. Um, and so they're even scared to play Alabama. And I kind of think, uh, I kind of think Michigan is going to get a win and cover. It's just a weird line. Um, we didn't actually talk about the, uh, not that there's much to talk about, but the Michigan Iowa game and a bar in Cedar Rapids, Michigan. I think it was Cedar Rapids, uh, whatever. Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Iowa State, Iowa, um, was offering free beer until Iowa scored. They're still pouring, <laughs> they'll be pouring beer till next dog, uh, next Labor Day. I mean, how shitty of, uh, I, admittedly, I think I've watched like two Iowa games. The one when, uh, the under was 24 and a half, and you took the under. I did watch that. They, they, they just, their offense just absolutely sucks ass. So the first half over under for Iowa points scored was 0. 0.5. And, me. and I, and I called our friend Nate and I'm like, dude, is this for real? He goes, bro, take the under. Are you serious? Take the under. And then it, for the whole game, it would have hit the under. It's insane. Um, second team quarterback, you guys want to guess at all SEC? Milro? Yeah. 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 So, so the powers of B chose him over 15. Um, ugh, I don't know about that. I disagree. Listen, I, I, I shit on Miller a lot at the beginning of the season, uh, and I, it was warranted. He was benched. Um, he definitely, definitely, definitely improved as the season wore on. Again, not a quarterback, a hell of an athlete. He seems like a pretty good dude also. Um, don't necessarily, you know, I don't like fluffing other teams' players, but seems like a, a decent guy. Did you see that uh, Tyler Buckner also entered the transfer portal today and what he's doing? Yeah, lacrosse. Lacrosse. He's 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 transferring out of football altogether to go play lacrosse. Yeah, that's, that's, serious, that's some serious portal activity. All right, Gans, you want to give a final Jimbo of the Week or anoint a Jimbo of the Year? Your choice. Yeah, well, I thought about that. It wasn't a ton of action this weekend. One name I, I thought about giving the award to, I don't know if you guys saw it, but uh, our, our friend Jermaine Burton uh, decided he wanted to taunt the Georgia fans and stood in the end zone and started doing like heartbreaking, crying things to them. Just a dick. Like, yeah, he, I just, he's a guy I like to root against, just a total asshole. But I'm going to give the Jimbo, the final Jimbo of the week, and we'll come up with something new for next year to the College Football Playoff Committee. Uh, they could not have bungled that. And he, Again, stay pick a lane and stay in it. Right, you can't do as Larry said the poo poo platter of uh, of teams. I think their logic is flawed, um, and for that they get the final Jimbo of the week. Fantastic two pack you just gave. You nailed it. I thought Burton is the biggest asshole in all of, of assholes, only to be then trumped by the playoff committee right. a couple hours later. So, hold my beer. Yeah, hold my yeah, beer. Nailed it. Nailed again. It's the chef, the chef's kiss to, to wrap up the regular season. Well, gentlemen, I uh, I greatly enjoyed this season talking to you guys every Monday night about these games. I hate that it 
came to a conclusion for Georgia like this. But, you know, like you can't win them all. We knew this was going to come to an end at some point. Uh, Lawrence, I'm glad that you saved your $500 on back-to-back-to-back. That would have hurt if we would have actually won it, and then that took off, and somehow you couldn't capitalize on it. Uh, We'll get back together maybe right around the bowl game, maybe just before just after to just put a ribbon in all this. And um, we'll do it next year, right? We'll we'll have reasons to come back and Georgia will be a top five team again, reload with a new recruiting class, and let's go again, right? Yeah, I'd love to uh, get a recap from Jason uh, if he does go down to the Orange Bowl. We'll get an on-site report from uh, the Gans family in Miami. Um, yeah, man, happy holidays to all our loyal listeners. I appreciate everyone taking time to listen to us week in, week out. It's always fun to get stopped when you're talking to the friend our friends and they talk about the podcast. And Josh, appreciate you uh hosting us to just uh you know spill our guts every week on the bulldog so hey man congrats to the dogs and we'll we'll be back yeah it's it's, it's definitely the golden time and, and I've, I've certainly enjoyed the, the past two years and it's it's not rebuild it's reload so uh bright bright times ahead but yeah listen thanks to our host josh stein the j stein law firm uh hopefully uh everyone enjoys listening to our ramblings arguments musings whatever it may be and uh yeah happy holidays to all all the above appreciate you guys very much for doing this every week and appreciate all y'all out there as lawrence said for taking the time to listen to us we have a good time and hope that you enjoyed as well so everybody have a great holiday season whoever team you're rooting for in the playoffs i hope that they win for you i like gansas thought on why we shouldn't texas can't root for michigan because of those assholes and Maybe we all go on Team Phoenix. I don't know. The sketchy dogs out west. That's right. All right, everybody. Take care. It's basketball Thank season. <laughs> That's, yeah. Go dog. Go dog. Till next time. Keep chopping. Later. Good.